Welcome to Charity Chat. I am one of your hosts, Freya Samuelson. And I'm the other one, Samuel Davis. In this episode of the podcast, we're going to be trying something a bit different, a 15-minute or thereabouts recap of what we've learned so far from the podcast. And we're also going to be discussing some of our favourites and inspiring work that's going on in the sector. Hopefully there's something in this episode that can get you thinking a little outside the box. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good. Through their fundraising platform, they offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners, and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Right. So, Sam, what have you learned over the past four months from Charity Chat? And do you have any recommended shows for our listeners who might be quite new to the podcast? Well, we started the year. It's hard to believe, but we, we're we now four months into the year. We started this year with a good chat with Alex Corgier about what childcare can teach us about working in the sector. I found this particularly interesting, given that I'm a dad, and uh, and find that the challenges I have in my career are reflected in the challenges I have being a dad. Uh, we've also spoken with a couple of people from NPC over the past few months, Leah Davis and James Noble. And I found it particularly interesting how charities might be able to strategize their way out of the particularly challenging times that we all find ourselves in. And um, these were well identified by the charity landscape report. Um, which, of course, we talked about with a couple of our guests earlier in the year, Catherine Mahoney and Alan Lally-Francis, too. Freya, what about you? What have you learned? Without tooting our own horn, <laughs> one of the things I love about this podcast is that we do kind of cover everything and every, everywhere, everyone, anything relating to charity. And I think that's really good. And when I'm looking for something specific... I can just look through and find what I really need in that moment. Um, usually it's fundraising stuff because I'm a fundraiser. But one of the topics that I did find from before I actually joined the podcast, um, I think back in October was uh, with Amelia Ireland and Kate Roberts talking about young trustees. And it was just really interesting. I never had really considered being a young trustee, but after this entire episode, it made so much sense of a way to develop my skills you inspired, were you? Yeah, especially in charity, it's hard to climb the ladder. Like It is quite stagnant, I guess. Um, and just by taking on an extra, kind of an external role, you can develop so much and that really, I guess, help your career. And I also completely understood that you have to kind of represent the people that use your services or the people you're talking about in your trustees board. Like that is really important to make sure that they're part of that the voice in the room. Um, so yeah, I found that really interesting. And I also, I I mean, <laughs> this is definitely taking mine on, but I love the recent episode with uh, Jenna O'Keefe on imposter syndrome. And although I obviously created that podcast because or that episode because I really wanted to learn more about it, um, it was kind of something that definitely I've been hearing all the time in my career, imposter syndrome. Everybody has, I feel like everyone's had it at some point. I definitely um, have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. but actually no one's ever come to me and said, well, this is how you address it and this is what you do 
to mm. stop. It's just like, oh, you've got imposter syndrome. So that's why you feel this way. Um, and I really thought that was an important episode to just kind of give that some better coping mechanisms and shift the way that you're thinking because it can hold you back. And there's obviously, there's honestly no reason for it because when you see people succeeding in life, you just look at them and they think, and you think they obviously believe in themselves a lot. So <laughs> that's the difference between them and me. Um, so yeah, I think that was a really important episode to have. I think, I think listening to that episode, and that was a really good episode. I think that uh, for, for me, that kind of brought home the idea, I suppose that, you know, some of the best people that I know are those kind of self-deprecating people that, you know, kind mm. of run themselves down probably too much um, mm -hmm. and uh, a kind of good value and and modest and uh, kind of virtuous in this way. But I suppose the, the flip side of that is then, you know, is that also a reflection of, of some uh, genuine doubt in their abilities? And uh, I suppose part of maybe uh, everybody's uh, remit should be to praise each other you know, uh, when it's valid, when it's due to try and um, prevent things like imposter syndrome, because everyone's yeah. doing a great job. You're yeah. doing a good job. Friend. You're really doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, whoever's listening, say this to the person next to you, even yes. if they're a stranger on the train. <laughs> Everybody needs to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, and also, I think what I have learned from imposter syndrome is I'm definitely self-deprecating. And if you start saying that those things other people start to believe it too so if you say oh i'm no good at this mm. then they'll think okay well freya's not good at that and that's obviously not true no so an they should be thing. saying you are good at this it's yeah. called fishing for compliments right <laughs> yeah. i do that <laughs> yeah actually i'm not self-deprecating i just need some compliments uh and they did not get the memo <laughs> um so Okay, so Sam, I was thinking of doing something which we, I don't think we've done before. Do you know? There's definitely something they do at the IOF, which is kind of things that I wish I'd thought of. And there's so much amazing stuff that goes on in our sector, but we, and I don't know if you've noticed this, like abundance of free webinars and talks, which is great that we're all sharing free learnings, but it can be quite overwhelming. I think at the moment I've got like one or two a week and I can't always go to them when I go to them they're not always that helpful but I was wondering if there is a kind of anything that you've seen or kind of the creme de la creme of fundraising or anything like that you think would be good for everyone to know well yeah I mean I suppose I'm like you I'm a fundraiser really and uh, at least a lot of my job is fundraising so I guess I look at a lot of things through that lens I mean there was a I was talking about this uh, with a colleague uh, earlier this week one of the things that and this was a few years ago I think but uh, and this wasn't on the podcast either so it's a bad example but <laughs> but one of the things that I, I've been thinking about recently is I think it was Save the Children and they did this um, kind of poster ad uh, campaign and they had these images of, um, of kind of very very upsetting uh, images of, of children being separated from their parents and you know all sorts of things and all around these pictures there was the same border which was loads of thumbs up and I think the part of the message was don't just like our posts um I, again I'm paraphrasing maybe say the children would say that's not the point but you know there was it was just in, <laughs> it was just interesting to see that kind of I suppose that juxtaposition in terms of um, what uh, charities are perceived as doing 
and mm -hmm. and the kind of the communication they, they typically give out and how they were kind of just changing that slightly um i guess i'm i'm quite philosophical um and in terms of you know kind of thinking about myself which i do a lot mm. self-deprecating um, um but you know in terms of um where i am so i suppose i don't i don't think a lot about regrets or things i wish i thought of but having said that um i suppose it's thinking of it slightly differently for myself the the things that have inspired me i mean there have been so many moments um over the last few months and the last few years really with the podcast one of the people that was really inspired me recently was amber bauer um, now, one of her quotes from the podcast was she said, with every single asylum seeker across Europe, whether they're 12 years old or whether they're 50 years old, they're someone's son or daughter, they're someone's brother or sister. And for whatever reason, they can't live in that, their home country. And the least they deserve is have a helping hand to find a new life in another country because it's hard enough being away from your family. And this was a conversation we had prior to the invasion of Ukraine. Um, but um, I think I've just I'm just really just in awe of people that um, are doing so much for refugees, whether they're from Ukraine or around the world. And uh, I think that inspired me. Um, I think that's for me, that's part of the privilege of, of being involved in the podcast is talking to people and really people really opening up about um, some of the things that have happened to them and some of the things that they've done. So, um, yeah. yeah. What about I, you? I think. On, on what you're saying, I think uh, it's quite interesting that in fundraising, we have to obviously present the need and show people in quite vulnerable situations to try and explain their situation. But they're some of the like bravest, most resilient people, <laughs> more yeah. brave than you and I, or Absolutely. resilient. Yeah. And, and giving just... and caring and, and supportive. Yeah. 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 So... It's interesting how, even though the reality is they're so much more resilient and brave, is that we're showing them in a, one of their most vulnerable situations, if that makes sense. Well, and I think, I mean, the there's probably more conversations to be had around the uh, notion of beneficiaries as well. I know that mm. um, a few episodes back, um, we were talking um, about whether there is a better term for the people that charities are supporting, because beneficiaries kind of weighted, really, isn't it? And it's, it's almost kind of... Um, got kind of connotations of you know pity that poor person yeah. and, and also potentially there's a there's a risk of people taking away the value of that person by seeing them as a victim or something like that mm. i don't know what the answer is but i think maybe that's something we'll we'll try and explore more yeah it's very one way isn't it that they're just Absolutely. benefiting it doesn't yeah, make yeah. them a, a participant in their own kind of future and progression um yeah definitely yeah it's interesting that you're i, I thought it was just more about in the international development sector but seems like that's actually something everyone's talking about so that's i think so i think mm. so yeah yeah so what's inspired you freya and, and is there anything that has encouraged you either in your current work or uh, to explore in the future in terms of directions for your career well i've definitely always loved a brilliant creative idea uh and i know they're that's insanely hard to come up with something that's simple creative and cheap <laughs> but um i did recently go to a webinar on innovation and there was a it really showed the power of a good statistic or a fact that you can really just pivot a whole campaign on um that makes a huge impact and makes people act um and the campaign was called save the whale save the world which actually 
just that sentence doesn't really make much sense to me but when you go into it a little little further they're talking about how um whales are really relevant to solving the climate crisis it comes from a i think it's the conservation charity mm. so it's not really exactly a space you'd think they'd be in is climate change but whales actually help provide up to 50 percent of our oxygen through quite a complicated process with oh, plankton wow. mm-hmm. um and but what i really loved is that they use this language um that's very kind of very now mm. and they called whales our mightiest ally of cl- against climate change and they're like vast floating rainforests and I just thought the way that they made that really simple, made it kind of personal, they're an ally with us and that kind of visual language of floating rainforest, I just thought it was really clever, really clever. And I think they nailed it. So I was really impressed with that. And What's I've not that? actually heard of the charity before. So <laughs> I hope they got um, a lot of press from that. Well, shout out to them. I guess the, yeah, the, it kind of evokes this image of almost kind of a utopian world, doesn't it? The kind of mm. whales out there as uh, floating rainforests. Yeah. Is that, what, is that what they call them? Yeah, floating <laughs> yeah. rainforests. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I just loved it. Um, and that was created by the Whale and Dolphin Conservation. So shout out to them for some incredible work. Another really simple idea that I loved um, was. A really simple set of posters created by the good by good organization um and i believe they help they work in the tourism sector to support people who are homeless mm-hmm. they basically pasted a really simple po- uh, poster on the floor on stairs really random locations and it just had the words on it a bad place for a poster an even worse place for a bed and oh, wow, yeah. it was just there was just a few pictures on it and i thought that is so clever it's in people's mm. world it's there it makes you think and it's just really simple and i assume quite cheap posters are quite cheap um so yeah i was really impressed by that and shout out to them as well thank you dear listener for getting this far with us we hope you enjoyed this new style of episode of charity chats are we going to call this like Bite size or charity, because bite size is like BBC bite size, isn't it? Yeah, true. Or we could um, do like charity quick chat or something, or charity brief chat. I don't know. Small uh, talk. Small talk. <laughs> Nailed it. This episode of I'm Charity crazy. Chat, small talk. And <laughs> a little bit Alan Partridge. And yeah. the podcast generally. We'd love to hear from you either way. Please do get in touch with us through the website charitychat.org.uk. And also, dear listener, if you do have any ideas for what you want us to cover or anyone that you know should really be part of this podcast, anything at all, feedback, we'd love to hear from you. We're always looking to, you know, make content that or episodes that are relevant to you. Uh, it's just left for us to thank our corporate sponsors, our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good through their fundraising platform. They offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners, and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. We'd also like to thank Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Axmit for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. And for Forrester Falls for playing throughout the show and for playing us out now. That's it from us. Keep on doing what you can. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.